Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for 23 years. By day, I'm a process analyst in the power industry, and by night, I'm an author, blogger, and virtual assistant. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. I'm Jesse Tuggy, and I've had type 1 for 7 years. I love hiking and painting, and I'm looking forward to working as an engineer after college. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my future and learn everything I can about it. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, bring on cool people with connections to type 1, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 27 of This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today, we're talking about diabetes communities and why you should get involved with them. Reminder for our audience, if you have any questions about type 1 diabetes, please leave us a comment or send an email to colleen at inspiredforward.com. We answer listener questions in future episodes. Jesse, you are up for our win of the week. Heck yeah, I am. This actually happened about four hours ago today. So I had to go to the store after my classes ended for the day and get gas. And I decided to go to my favorite store, which is Marshall's. Little did I know that I was going low, and since I'm not wearing my sensor right now, I didn't really feel it until I was in the line ready to check out. So I'm pretty proud of myself for this. I actually spent money on a low snack because mine were in my truck and there was kind of a long line. So I opened it, I ate some really fast, I paid for it, and I left. Now when I got to my truck, I still felt kind of low. So I was also proud of myself for this. I waited until I retested My numbers were up and I wasn't low anymore and I ate the rest of my snacks and then I went home. That's a lot better than driving with a low and I've driven with a low, not on purpose, but I have driven with a low and it's not fun. No, I've done that too. It feels like you're drunk driving. Like if I were to assume what drunk driving feels like. Pretty much. So I have the fail this week. So last week on my business trip, when I had breakfast at the hotel one morning, I think it was the first morning I was there, I had some eggs. And they tasted really good, but then over the next three or four hours, my blood sugar climbed into the the high 200s, despite pumping a lot of insulin in response to the high. So I'm pretty sure that those hotel eggs had flour or starch in them, because that was the only non-standard thing I ate. Well, the other possibility is that my body was still on West Coast time, and I normally don't have keto chow until after 7.30 a.m. Pacific, and that would have been 9.30 a.m. in Houston instead of the 6 a.m. when I had it but I'm still thinking that the eggs were the problem because I went back for seconds and they tasted so good, but it's, it's hit or miss. It really is with hotel eggs because they often put starch or flour in them to fluff them up. I was just hoping that they, they weren't. Jesse, you have a hack for us. Yes, I do. And this is more of like some type of life advice for those who follow kind of a low carb diet, like Colleen and I do. I just want to tell you this. It's okay to eat carbs sometimes or have a carb-heavy day. Now, it may feel like you always have to eat low-carb, but sometimes that's not true. In cases like, oh, it's someone's dinner, it's someone's birthday, it's okay to go ahead and eat some carbs and enjoy the food that they're providing for you. Or it's okay to have that milkshake that you've been craving for three weeks and really, really want it, but feel like you'd be guilting yourself if you did go get it. So I'm just saying it's okay to feed those cravings sometimes. So yeah, that's all of my advice for today. 
And that's a good point because I went to um, a potluck at church on Sunday and there was very little that I could actually eat and stay on low carb protocol. So I, I just put a few little things that had carbs in them on my plate and I ate them and I bolused for them. And I noticed that I still felt little off because I had carbs and that was okay because I made that choice. So it, it just depends on, on your situation. Right. And just know you are going to have a high after this. So just a heads up, if you do decide to eat that milkshake or drink it or whatever, just know that you're going to be high afterwards and you will feel it. Like you'll feel off and feel a little, maybe a little queasy afterwards, but it all depends on what your body feels. Anyways, let's get into the bulk of our episodes today, shall we? We shall. So what do we mean when we say the diabetes community? Well, the diabetes community is wherever diabetics gather to talk about diabetes, their gripes, their insights, the cool things they're doing with their tech, who they've met with type one, and learn more about this disease. And this can be either in person or online or a combination of the both. And there's a bunch of different places out there that, that kind of host diabetes meetups, but you could always just Google search for diabetes online community or diabetes community in my area or who to talk to in my area about diabetes. and tons of things will pop up. For me, a diabetic community is wherever I can find the support that I need at any time about my diabetes. And I always feel safe and comfortable when I need to ask for help or I need to vent. That's always good. Yeah. Venting is always fun. I have vented a lot with other diabetic friends and I've had other diabetic friends vent a lot to me. So even just one-on-one, that is a diabetes community and your family is part of your diabetes community because you can also vent to them. So let's talk about different types of diabetes communities. Well, you, our listeners, are one type of diabetes community. You all listen to this podcast, so that makes you part of the tribe. There's other big groups out there like Type 1 Nation, Beyond Type 1, the College Diabetes Network, and JDRF. There are also Facebook groups, Instagram influencers, other podcasts, and other blogs. If there's a social aspect to a platform, it's probable that you can find a diabetes group within it. Small local communities also have their own groups. I know JDRF hosts a coffee corner for specific groups of people in local areas. Or maybe it's a coffee mom meetup, I think, for for JDRF, at least in uh, the Redmond area. Diabetes communities also exist where there are diabetes camps, like Panther Camp. And that's the camp Jesse and I go to every year. It's also the camp where we met each other. But diabetes camps of all types can be diabetes communities in themselves because you're going to a place where other diabetics gather and you get to talk about diabetes, you learn more about it, you get to experience life as a diabetic and kind of feel normal for a change. And you end up becoming friends, lifelong friends sometimes with the people you meet there. So I always find that the best type of support is face-to-face, but you can also find different types of diabetic support on social medias. Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Tumblr, even, you can always find someone out there who understands kind of what you're going through. JDRF is the one I always subscribe to and always go for to donate or to go to a local fundraiser or go on runs or walks with because I trust them so much. There are independent groups that do raise money and distribute it through different organizations. I know I did this one time. It wasn't my favorite because of how unorganized it was, but at the same time, it felt really good still being able to give back and to be around different diabetics. And now for camps. There are so many diabetic camps around where Colleen and I live specifically. I know there's at least three going on during the summer, 
but there is always something around you that will either involve a camp or maybe a Sunday activity camp or, you know, something to just get all the diabetics together to make everyone feel supported. There's even one in Montana where I will be going to college soon. So hopefully, you know, if you're listening out there in Montana, please hit us up and let me know about some information for that, please. That'd be great. (laughs) There's also uh, adult camps for diabetes get-togethers. And I think they've held meetups in Colorado and other kind of cool places. I think they do like a long four-day weekend. And I would be so interested in going to one of those eventually. And another thing to consider is that you could start your own diabetes community where you are, and you could be that catalyst. So let's talk about where and how to find a community. And a good place to start is by going to thisistype1.com. That's our podcast page. And that's where you can find an overview of this podcast. And there's also a bunch of links there to other communities like Beyond Type 1, Type 1 Nation, the College Diabetes Network, Diatribe, and a lot of other resources, including some blog posts I've written on diabetes. If you want to get plugged in to a local diabetes community, try reaching out to a local children's hospital or endocrine clinic. I know JDRF puts on a lot of local events that make it really easy to get involved and learn more about the local diabetes scene. You can also ask your pump or your CGM representative if they know of any groups that you can get involved with. I think one of the best ways to actually get involved is by volunteering at a diabetes camp. And I know it's a really significant time investment and possibly a money investment if you don't get paid time off. But in my experience, it's been 100% worth the 40 hours of PTO I take every year just to volunteer at Panther Camp. Because I started so young at age six, I've been involved with Panther Camp for now 20 years, and that's just really trippy to think about. And I met my best friend at Diabetes Camp when I was six-year-old, so here's a shout-out to Brittany. Well, I know for me the best way to find support is on those Facebook and those Instagram posts where I see like funny hacks or tips or tricks or something kind of embarrassing that happened to someone. I'm like, oh, I'm not alone. And then you can always get in a conversation with them. Don't I be also afraid love to reach the diabetes memes. Yeah, those are my favorite. The, the kid we talked about last week, Connor, he posts so many funny diabetes memes on his Instagram. It's great. Yeah. And just don't be afraid to like comment or like them or you know, start a conversation with them and just be like, hey, I really thought this was funny and I'm diabetic and I was wondering if you had any tips or tricks or know anything that could help me out with such and such, you know, like that you're struggling with that day. So Colleen and I met at Panther Camp. So I'm just going to say a shout out to Panther Camp because those camps are so awesome and you do meet those really inspirational, amazing friends that you're always going to have lifelong memories with. Even the kids at camp are great, even though I don't keep up with them as much as I would like to. They really do leave a lasting impact on you for the rest of your life. Also, I would say please go join JDRF if you're a juvenile diabetic or even if you're an adult because they have such a great supporting network. Have you joined the JDRF Type 1 Nation forum? No, I haven't gotten to. I've never heard about it. Okay. We'll link to it in the show notes. It's actually a pretty nice place to to just talk about problems that you have with your diabetes or if you want insight or just to connect with somebody. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Let's talk about why the community is important to you as an individual diabetic. So we've talked about this in previous episodes, but it's actually a scientifically studied phenomenon that people who are involved with diabetes communities, whether online or in person, have better A1Cs than diabetics who aren't involved. 
I mentioned in episode 24 that I think my low A1C of 5.1% is partly or completely due to being involved in the community by producing this podcast every week. So that's just one good reason to get involved, but there are plenty of other good reasons, like these ones. You can make new friends with diabetes. You learn more about how to improve your own care. When you have questions, you have a place to turn to for answers. If you're having a bad time, maybe with burnout, you have a place to go to for support. Plugging into patient communities is becoming part of recommended care. It minimizes the feeling of isolation since diabetes is a really individualized experience. And it can bring relief, sometimes just from realizing that others are dealing with the same things you are. Online communities especially are accessible 24-7. With so many people in them, someone's always online for support, even if they're not in the same time zone. For me personally, it gives me a sense of support and non-aloneness. Now, as Colleen mentioned before, diabetes is very personalized. So it's often very helpful for me to realize that I'm not the only one going through a really high day or a really low day where I just, you know, need that extra person who's like, I totally get it, man. Here, vent to me. I got you. Which is always really helpful for me, especially since, you know, I'm a little younger. I'm still trying to figure everything out. So if you are a younger listener, I highly suggest even reaching out to me or Colleen to where if you do have questions or you want that extra support, you know, please do. Like, we're here for you. But yeah, it's always really nice to have that access to other people who know what you're going through. And I will say that even though I have 10 years on you, I still don't know everything. And I think I've mentioned that before. I don't think anyone knows everything about diabetes. No. no. Some people just know a tiny bit more because of experience, but yeah. It's all good. So we also want to mention that you should probably limit yourself to avoid overwhelm. So instead of trying to be in all the communities we've mentioned, pick one or two of them to start with and see how you can manage it. I wouldn't really recommend trying to stay on top of more than just a couple because that can lead to overwhelm. It's also important that you take care not to get caught up in the drama. Like all communities, sometimes a particular diabetes group can have a lot of drama in it. There's a type 1 diabetes group on Facebook. It's specifically for females, I think. And I'm part of it, but basically everyone complains about all their bad experiences with type 1, and it just turns into a really depressing space. So I'm planning to leave that group since it just doesn't have anything to offer me anymore. When I joined, it was a lot more positive of a space, but over time it kind of just turned into an echo chamber of complaints and gripes and no one offering or accepting solutions to their problems. Another reason to limit yourself is because you have other things to do in your life. Maybe your form of getting connected in a community is just by listening to this podcast every week. And if that's enough for you, cool. Don't take on more than you can handle just because someone said it's a good idea to get more involved. All right. And I just wanted to give a pro tip here is please ease your way into any diabetic group that you decide to join because it is one type of a culture shock that I've definitely experienced growing up was once I joined JDRF, I was like, wow, this is really cool. This is awesome. This is, you know, this is my little bubble that I have of what all of my experiences with diabetes. And then you have this other little bubble of Panther Camp. And there has been a huge difference between being a counselor and a CIT there. So it was a very large culture shock even in that one organization. So just give yourself some time to adjust and be able to say, hey, look, I need to just back off for a minute. I really don't know what I'm doing, which is perfectly, perfectly normal and okay to say. 
no matter what, everybody who you meet in those organizations and those communities, they're probably going to be really nice. So they'll totally understand if you need to step back for a bit or if you go silent for a while. And some of them might even check in on you just to see how it's going. And if you have been gone for a while, they'll say, oh, how are you doing? Are you okay? How's your diabetes going? You should also be open to new experiences. So before November of 2019, I'd never been to a JDRF Type 1 Nation Summit before. I had decided around the same time that we started this podcast that I wanted to get more involved with the diabetes community, and that was just a really good opportunity to do so. And I'm really glad I did because that's where I met Rob Howe, check out episode 24, and that's where I learned about a lot of the other people and things we've talked about on the podcast since then. So be open to new experiences. You never know who you might meet what tidbit of information you might learn, or what could happen to your A1C if you get more involved. Maybe it'll go down like mine and Jesse's did. Honestly, I think being open to new experiences like Diabetic Camp and different social media platforms has really given me the confidence and the inspiration I need to go out there and say, hey, look, I'm diabetic and I'm very proud of it. So if you ever feel the need to just go out and explore something new, definitely try giving diabetes education a shot. Try going to that JDRF fundraiser that you're always getting emails about or any numerous of the fundraisers that JDRF supports and does throughout the year. They're a lot of fun, trust me. And they also promote really healthy lifestyles. And that is it for the bulk of the episode. So we're going to move right into our diabetes spotlight. And this week's spotlight is on all of the diabetes communities. I just love that there are so many options out there for people to get involved in the diabetes online community. And that's often abbreviated as DOC. So I personally prefer meeting up in real life with people, but talking online also helps if you need someone to talk to in a pinch. And we'll link to all of the organizations we've mentioned in this episode in the show notes. Jesse, what is our question for the audience this week? Well, our question for you, our lovely audience this week is, are you involved in the diabetes community? If not, why not? Please leave us comments or questions you have. We will always answer and get you connected. And that is it for this episode of This is Type 1. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 27. That's the number 27. And if you have an idea for an upcoming episode, please leave us a comment or send an email. You can get straight to our podcast page by going to thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade, and our audio wizard is my husband, Tim. I'm on all social media as at Inspired Forward, and our email is colleen at inspiredforward.com. I'm on Instagram as at jj underscore crystal kat. Please feel free to send me questions or comments you have about type 1 diabetes or about the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends, family, and subscribe to us and leave us a review wherever you listen because that helps other people find us. And be sure to listen in next week when we talk with Molly Johannes of Hugging the Cactus, a blog about embracing diabetes and all its prickly parts with love. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.